I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a wonderful football Wednesday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos, it is Ken Barkley, and it is you here with us on the BetQL Network. Simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. And for the people watching the show on Stadium right now, it is great to have you. And we've got a badass two hours of wagertainment coming your way. Three hours to go in the show, but two hours coming up on Stadium. The coach, Dave Wanstead, is going to join us in just a moment. We'll talk Championship Sunday with Coach and the uh, the comings and goings around the National Football League, of which there are many right now here in the middle of uh, the carousel turning for both NFL coaches and NFL general managers. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports stops by in 20 minutes. We'll do the same with Pete. Always love having our friend Pete Prisco on the show talking National Football League. Jeremy Roenick stops by in 40 minutes. Hockey legend, co-host of the, uh, the Snipes and Stripes podcast talking the National Hockey League. Can't wait to welcome Jeremy Roenick to the show. Uh, among other things we'll discuss with JR, the Red Hot Edmonton Oilers, winners of 14 consecutive games. Ryan Noonan will join us as we move along. Matt Moore will join us as we move along. We're going to give you our thoughts on the updated side and total markets for Championship Sunday, AFC title game in Baltimore, Ravens and Chiefs, NFC Championship game in San Francisco, Lions and 49ers, and of course, all our bets for tonight coming up at the end of the program. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here in our two stadium hours on this Wednesday is the coach, the great Dave Wanstead. Honestly, it's been too long since we had coach on the show, so it's awesome to welcome him back to the program. Former NFL and college football head coach, 670 the score in Chicago, NBC Sports Chicago, and the Big Ten Network. He's all over the place, and he's great, so we absolutely love it. On Twitter, at Coach Wanstead. Coach, welcome back to the show. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. Happy Championship Week in the National Football League, my friend, to you and yours. Yeah, same to you, Nick and Kenny. It's always uh, always fun coming on with you guys. I, I really enjoy it. You guys do a fantastic job. Uh, boy, you got a full lineup today. I was listening to that. That's Jeremy <laughs> Roney's not going to talk about the Blackhawks. He's going to talk about Edmonton. I thought he'd be talking Blackhawks. Come on. You know, tell him I said that. <laughs> Coach, I mean, you know, all due respect to the Chicago teams, like kind of a kind of a rough year for the Black. Like, do you still follow the Blackhawks despite the year they're having? I do. I mean, you know, Connor Bernard, how, how can you not follow him? I mean, they got the, uh, the next coming of uh, Sidney Crosby, right? I mean, the kid's fantastic. He's fun to watch. Hopefully, hopefully he gets back in the lineup. I think they could probably use him, right? An upcoming schedule, a little, uh, little tough too. And I think, actually, I think that's who Edmonton has next, just to kind of tie those two teams back together. We, obviously, we want to ask you about both games coming up this weekend, Coach. But we had some breaking news, like right when we went on the air. I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it. So, I, I mean, I can just yeah, kind of tell you what's, uh, what's being reported, that Vic Fangio, who I know you know, but for people who don't know, is the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, or was the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, is being allowed to leave his position to be closer to his family. And he is believed to be uh, close to accepting a job to be the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. So we know the Eagles were looking for new coordinators. Looks like Vic Fangio might be the DC for Philadelphia next year. What's kind of your, your first reaction to hearing that news? 
Well, it is a surprise, uh, Tanya. It's a surprise. There's no question. I know Vic. You know, Vic kind of is comes from the era that I coached in. Uh, no one does it better than Vic. And they had a good year. They were wiped out by injuries this year at Miami. It sure as heck wasn't scheme. I'll tell you what, they got better. If you were going to look around the league and said, you know, there's always teams that improve and teams that get worse as the season goes on. Well, the Miami Dolphins got better and better and better. It's a shame that, that they had so many guys hurt. I think six starters on defense. Uh, yeah, the personal part of it, I don't know what's all involved in that. I, uh, uh, you know, he was, Dick was up there helping out now, right, before he took the Dolphins job. That year he sat out. So he has been around that organization from a head coach's standpoint, ownership standpoint, general manager standpoint. So it's not like he's walking into something totally blind. He knows what he's getting into from a player standpoint. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, I, and I don't know, but Vic just feels like that's a better fit for his family and for him. It's, it's uh, a hit uh, for the Dolphins. I, I, I promise you that, guys. It's a hit for the Dolphins. I'll uh, I'll say this so Coach doesn't have to. Pretty, pretty big upgrade going from Matt Patricia to Vic Fangio. Those are my words, not Coach Wanstead's words. I think if you're an Eagles fan, you gotta be you gotta be pretty excited. Coach, fascinated to get your thought on the moves that sh- that the Chicago Bears have made. First, like deciding to retain Matt Eberflus, um, parting ways with Luke Getze, Shane Waldron, former Seahawks offensive coordinator, will be the Bears' new offensive coordinator. And kind of the question now becomes. Are they going to draft Caleb Williams or another quarterback first overall and trade Justin Fields or keep Justin Fields, trade that pick for another bounty like what they got last year for Bryce Young, except probably better because Caleb Williams is viewed to be a better prospect than Bryce Young was. So, Coach, your thoughts thus far on the offseason for the Chicago Bears and kind of like what what, what do you think Ryan Poles and company are going to do with that first overall pick? Well, first of all, I am Matt Eberflus deserved to be back this year. I mean, he he took when he took over the defense, they went from a bottom ten to a top ten defense. Uh, he made philosophy changes during the season from playing more man, blitzing more, uh, did some things you know that aren't talked about much that I thought really did a great job with the defense. So. And, I, and I'm told that he will call the defenses next year, even if they go out and probably name somebody within or bring somebody in as a coordinator. That was kind of part of the deal, I think, of him coming back. Offensively, you know what? All I know, I know Luke Getzey very well. They're Pittsburgh guys. Luke was on my staff for a year. And I can just tell you this, when he took the job, there was times when the Bears had more penalties than they had rushing yards. And he came in, and the last couple of years, they've been top five in the league in running the football. Uh, and Justin Fields made some progress. He, you know, he is what he is. I don't think it's enough progress. I think when, even though that there's a lot of talk right now, Caleb Williams, uh, you know, what type of person is he? Is he would he fit into Chicago? All those conversations. I don't. Ha- I write the guy's talent. All you got to do is look at Caleb Williams' numbers. 90 touchdowns the last two years. I mean, 10 or 11 interceptions. I mean, the guy's numbers are off the charts. And, uh, you know, he's got three months to really sell himself. And by that, I mean, you know how these college kids go. They get into interviews. They come on. They talk to the owner. They talk to the GM. And Caleb's a sharp guy. He's going to be dressed right. He's going to say the right things. Uh, I think Bears fans are going to be really excited to, uh, to get Caleb Williams. And I think they trade Justin Fields. Even though, even though I'm a Justin Fields guy, because I like running the ball, play action pass, and rolling them out. 
but uh, apparently they made the decision that, that that's not that they can't do that effectively enough or whatever. So, Coach, those are obviously some some moves that have happened already, you know, in terms of the coaching staffs, right, with the Bears. We talked about Fangio. There's there's a couple kind of moves in the, the coaching carousel still spinning that, that haven't happened yet and where people are just really curious and where some guys are going to end up. And, and Bill Belichick is obviously kind of top of that list. What's what's just your best guess right now? doesn't have to be inside information. Just, you, you know, you see everybody taking interviews. You see some of the jobs that are open. Atlanta has interviewed him a couple of times, for example. Uh, what's your best guess for what Bill Belichick does? Next? Is he coaching on a team? Is he out of football? Is he a president? Is he a football operations guy somewhere? Where's Bill Belichick next year? Well, I'm surprised that when you say second interview for Bill Belichick, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm surprised that Bill would go for a second interview, honestly. Now, I thought Atlanta would have happened real fast because, you know, Bill, uh, the new age coaches and the new age GMs, they would have a tough time with Bill. Bill's going to do things his way, which are a successful way. We all know that. And Rich McKay is the guy in charge of football uh, for Arthur Blank at the Atlanta Falcons. Rich McKay comes from the same era myself, you know, the Bill Belichick, the Pete Carroll era. So those two guys – I think would be a good fit. They would communicate. They would talk the same language as we say. So I'm shocked that it hasn't happened. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I think Harbaugh probably ends up, if he doesn't stay at Michigan, he's going to go to San Diego. That's pretty obvious. And from there, I have no idea. The one that's wild card, I cannot figure out what happened with Mike Rabel. I think Mike is a great coach. I think he does a great job with the players, uh, the staff. And why his name is not bouncing around like some of these other ones, I'm a little bit lost on that one. So Mike Vrabel, for what it's worth, it, he did interview today with Atlanta and apparently is getting on a plane to go interview with David Tepper in Carolina for that job. So maybe, Coach, to your point, we'll see this market start to heat up for Mike Vrabel and we'll see if he's going to be a head coach next season. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday talking the National Football League with the coach, Dave Wanstead, on Twitter at Coach Wanstead. And, Coach, we will get to the two games on Championship Sunday in a second. Just wonder if you had a thought on Brian Callahan, the former Bengals offensive coordinator, son of uh, obviously former NFL head coach Bill Callahan, who led the Raiders to the Super Bowl in the uh, in the 2002 season with Rich Gannon. Gannon was the MVP that season. Brian Callahan taking over for the fired Mike Vrabel now in Tennessee. You have like 30 seconds for us on what we can expect from Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon, the new coach-GM partnership for the Tennessee Titans. And then we'll get to the two games this weekend. Well, they obviously believe that he is a quarterback guy. And and they got a young quarterback, obviously, uh, Levis. So they want him to be taken to the next level. And probably he'll call the plays. He'll be the offensive coordinator. And he will tutor the quarterback. That is what Tennessee feels they need most at this time. Coach, I, and, and appreciate the uh, the short answer there so we can save time for, the, I think, what could be two really, really, really good games. And the the first game, the AFC, like I know they they swap the order every year, and Nick was saying this on Monday, like it fe- feels like the main event and like can't wait for Chiefs and Ravens. And the betting market, Coach, I, I don't know if it surprises you or not, just to see how big of a favorite the Ravens have become and how big of an underdog Patrick Mahomes is after obviously going to Buffalo beating the Bills on Sunday. So the Ravens were like a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite 
Now they're about to be a consensus four-point favorite at home against Kansas City and a low total, so not as much scoring expected as in the second game. Is it is it as simple as in a big spot you trust Mahomes, or is Baltimore maybe a, a team that he can't kind of get over the hump here and, and make it to another Super Bowl? So I think there's a couple things here, Kenny. I think that, number one, it, they say low scoring. You know, you got the number one defense, scoring defense in the NFL in Baltimore. You got the number two scoring defense in the NFL in Kansas City. So those numbers would lead you to believe low scoring. Uh, both these teams are healthy. I like Baltimore, and I, I like giving up four points. That doesn't bother me. i tell you why. Not just because they're playing at home. I just think that last week, mentally, it was such a huge game for Kansas City to go on the road and win a playoff game. I think that they put, you know, some of the things that we saw Kansas City not do real well offensively, drop passes, uh, handle some of the pressures. They did an outstanding job last week against against the Bills team that was really, really beat up. Let's let's be real. The injuries the Bills had, you know, in the last two months of the season where have been crazy. So, and it came down to a field goal, but I think Kansas city expelled a lot more energy where Baltimore was in a game against Houston. Sure. It was a game, but they knew they could win this game. They're more talented. You look at the statistics, this defense, Baltimore is the best defense in the national football league points, scoring sacks tied for interceptions, third and third down defense. Uh, you know, I, I just think they have too many weapons uh, on offense and explosive plays. And I think defensively that they're going to find a way to, uh, to to make things happen against Patrick Mahomes. All right. So coach rolling with the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC championship game. Coach, we got about 60 seconds for your breakdown of the NFC title game. San Francisco about a, a touchdown favorite at home against the Lions. High total in the game, 51 with these two offenses. Do you think Detroit keeps this game close? Blowout win for San Francisco. About a minute here for the NFC championship game. Well, I tell you what, I, I like San Francisco to win, but there's a part of me that's pulling on my heart for with Detroit. Uh, seven points, I don't know if I like that many points. I really don't. I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, I'll tell you the thing that, that concerns me about Detroit. Dan Campbell keeping his composure and not getting caught up with his emotions and making some decisions. And I love Aaron Glenn as a defensive coordinator, but Aaron Glenn, guys, if you hit him on a 10-yard run, he's coming back the next play with a safety fire with Brian Branch or somebody's coming after you. And and I just hope that he doesn't get caught up in the emotion. So this is a huge game for them. The coaches have to keep, keep maintain and, hey, it's going to be a four-quarter game. Don't do anything that costs you a touchdown early and give San Francisco the lead because if San Francisco gets the lead, now you're playing right into their hands. I like San Francisco, but I think the way they run the ball, Detroit, I'm telling you now, they're they going to be physical with these guys, and that's not what San Francisco likes to do. You know, it's, it, they, they don't like to line up shoe to shoe and, and, and bang, bang with you for 60 minutes, and that's what's coming yep. this week with uh, Detroit. Now, so maybe San Francisco to win, but Detroit to cover from Coach coming up in the NFC title game. Coach, we love having you on the show. We know that basically all all year round is busy for you, so we appreciate you taking a couple minutes for us on this Wednesday at Coach Wanstead on Twitter. Enjoy the games this weekend. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. Thank you.
Coming up next, our friend Pete Prisco joins the show, and we'll talk many of the same topics because the NFL is awesome, and so is Pete Prisco. Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the rookie, Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The, the great Joe Buck with the call last Monday night as Tampa thrashed the Philadelphia Eagles in the uh, in the wild card game. Tampa would, of course, lose to Detroit in the divisional round this past Sunday. So you might be asking yourself, uh, why the hell are these, these guys playing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers highlight? Well, because we have breaking news as it uh, involves the defense for the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about it to end our number one. We did a little bit with the coach, Dave Wanstead, in the last segment. We'll ask Pete Prisco from CBS Sports coming up in a moment about Vic Fangio reportedly being named the next defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk all the rest of the comings and goings on the coaching carousel and, of course, Championship Sunday with Pete coming up in a moment. But for our live audience, I can't wait to talk some hockey in 20 minutes with Jeremy Roenick, NHL legend, a co-host of the Snipes and Stripes podcast, including the Red Hot Edmonton Oilers, Ryan Noonan still to come on the show, Matt Moore still to come talking NBA, all our bets to close the show in the Power Hour, and we will give you our updated thoughts on the side and total markets for Championship Sunday with all the injury news for the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Niners, and the Lions. But joining us right now, the aforementioned, our good friend, the great Pete Prisco from CBS Sports, NFL analyst for them, CBSSports.com, HQ, CBS Sports Network, uh, and on Twitter, at Prisco CBS. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Championship Week, my friend, to you and yours. Yeah, how are you guys? You're good? I mean, we're we're pretty good. How you doing this time of year usually, Pete? I feel like we, we come on all the time and we're just like, I, I'm kind of dying for this this time of year to be over. But today's show, we've had a lot of topics. We had the Fangio thing happen. How, how do you tend to do this time of year? Uh, wait for the season to get over, and I'm already starting to work <laughs> on my free agency list, if you can believe that. Oh. Well, what do you what do you have for us? Like anything stand yeah, out that like so we can we can kind of like start to get ahead of this? I mean, no. Um, do I have the list created? I mean, no, it's not finalized yet, but I'm working on it. There's, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's some good players in free agency coming up, but uh, if you're looking for offensive and defensive uh, big people, you're not going to get many of those. So uh, okay. it's slim pickings that way. Well, I think T. Higgins is the guy that I think a lot of attention will be will be put on coming up this off season. We'll talk about that when the uh, when the time comes. But Pete, let let's hit you with like the the most breaking piece of news in the NFL. Vic Fangio mutually parting ways with the Miami Dolphins as their defensive coordinator, going to be the next DC of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I described this, Pete, at the end of the first hour of the show. It's like a grand slam hire for Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. We'll see what they do with the offensive coordinator, maybe Cliff Kingsbury, maybe somebody else. Do you agree with me that this is a grand slam hire for the Eagles with Vic Fangio? And if so, what does he bring to that defense? Yes, it's a great hire. Uh, Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators in this league. And and the Miami, you know, did him right by allowing him to get out. His family lives in Philadelphia or Philadelphia area. So I think he wanted to be up that way closer to the family. Uh, you know, he's not a young guy anymore. Uh, so I think that, you know, the Dolphins did him a, a favor by allowing him to get out. Uh, and I think it's a great hire for, for Philadelphia. I, I, you know, this guy is creative with what he does on defense. Um, and he does a lot of things in the back end that covers up uh, liability in, in, in coverage. Uh, and I think that's 
key because the Eagles were terrible in coverage last year. Both corners were awful. Uh, not having Maddox for most of the season was bad. They struggled in coverage. Uh, and I think getting a guy like Fangio will fix that. So, yeah, I think it's a great hire for the Eagles. Pete, still a, a couple of coaching vacancies that we had some reporting about earlier today. We got to see about Brian Callahan as well, obviously, who takes the job uh, with the Tennessee Titans. But in, in terms of Atlanta, Nick and I were talking about this off air, just like, okay, uh, Belichick's been in for a couple interviews, but they, they haven't pulled the trigger or he hasn't accepted. Mike Vrabel was in Atlanta today to interview for the Falcons head coaching job. We, we talked about it off air. I, I, I don't have a good guess about how this is going to end up. I feel like some of the other coaching vacancies, we have more of an idea. Who, who do you think Atlanta is going to end up going with as their next head coach? You know, that's a, it's a great question because I think they've gone back and interviewed guys a second time as well. And, and uh, you know, this has been a thorough search for them. I, I think the Belichick thing, you know, Rich McKay is involved in that. And, you know, Rich McKay probably, you know, has come back full circle. He went and did the stadium. Now he's back, you know, dealing with some of the football side of stuff. And maybe, you know, he didn't want a guy with that kind of power in there. I don't know what the – I haven't heard that for sure, but there's some speculation on that. And maybe Belichick, you know, what's the commitment? I mean, if you're the Falcons, do you want him for three years? That's not good enough. You know, is he just trying to break the record? Um, you know, what's the quarterback situation like there? Is he even interested because they don't have a quarterback right now in terms of, of being able to go get a veteran quarterback? Maybe he said, hey, look, if you go get Kirk Cousins or somebody along those lines or try to, then I'll come in here. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of things being floated out there. You hear things from guys in the league, but – I think they're doing their due diligence. I give them credit for it because uh, Arthur Blank needs to hit this higher in a big way. Mike Vrabel will be a great coach. The concern I have with Mike Vrabel is his offenses need to get up to, to up to the times. You know, it's just too outdated. And is he willing to you know change things and be, hire an offensive coordinator? It's going to be a little more uh, progressive. So that's the concern with Vrabel. I think Vrabel can lead men. I don't think there's any question about that. It's just what are you going to do with an offensive coordinator and what are you going to do with the quarterback position? I hope everyone's prepared, by the way. If Mike Vrabel becomes the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Falcons offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, just saying. Uh, Pete, your thoughts on uh, on Brian Callahan being named the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans, replacing the fired Mike Vrabel? I love it. I, I think that's what you need to do when you have a young quarterback who I think can be special and a guy you can build around. Uh, you go get a bright offensive mind and – you know, the fact that Peyton Manning came out and backed him is, is big, um, I think, because that tells you what Peyton Manning thinks about him. He's not just throwing lip service out there. Um, they, I had to go in an offensive direction. I think, again, when you have the young quarterback to build around, go get a guy like that to develop that quarterback and make him the focal point of the team. No more turning and handing off the 22. And he's been a great player, don't get me wrong. I just think they need to change the way they play offense uh, and they will. And, and I think so this this makes a ton of sense. Now they need to just start building it around Will Levis. And I think they will because, uh, you know, it's a new era in Tennessee. It's not going to be the same old stodgy offense you've come to expect in Tennessee. Pete, the, uh, the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh apparently have been having meetings today. And I think Harbaugh is supposed to meet with Atlanta tomorrow or there's, there's a, a lot of scheduling stuff going on here. So Harbaugh is in Los Angeles. I think a lot of kind of reporters have been tweeting like, will they let him out of the building? Like, will he end up accepting the Chargers head coaching job? That's been, you know, a, a coach and a team that have been connected for a long time, you know, especially since Michigan won the national championship. And we don't know if Harbaugh is going to stay or take an NFL job. Is it, is it your best guess that Harbaugh ends up with the Chargers or do you think something different? If he's smart, he takes the Chargers job. He has the quarterback. 
Um, I mean, you know, you look at if you look at Atlanta, they don't have a quarterback. You have Justin Herbert with the Chargers, and I think that's why it's so appealing to him. Now, with him, the shelf life is always an issue. Uh, you know, how long can he, you know, be a guy that everybody can get along with in the building, and how long can they stomach him? Uh, because he's going to win. I mean, that's who he is. The best thing he does is he builds a physical, violent football team. And that's what you need to, with, with the quarterback, but that's what you need to win in the NFL. You need to be physical, tough on both lines. We saw it at Michigan when he was there. We saw it with the 49ers when he was there. And I think he'll instill that with whoever hires him, particularly if it's the Chargers. They haven't been that way. Now, my one concern is, uh, you know, what's this mean for Justin Herbert? Well, what it will mean is they'll run the ball and take shots off play action. That's what he did with Andrew Luck. Um, so, yeah, there's concern if I'm Justin Herbert about who he's going to bring in as his offensive coordinator. And Greg Roman's name has been thrown about a little bit. That would be awful for Justin Herbert. But I do like the hire if it's Jim Harbaugh because all he does is win. Nick and Ken here. You better you bet on a Wednesday. Talking the National Football League with Pete Prisco from CBS Sports on Twitter at Prisco CBS. Pete, one last coaching question, if you could give us this in like 30 seconds or so, and then we'll get to the two games on Championship Sunday. And as a better... I'm looking at what the Raiders just did with Antonio. And this isn't me saying that Pierce shouldn't have gotten the job. I think like he probably deserved to get the uh, the permanent job interim tag removed. But the Pierce and Tom Telesco pairing, the former Chargers GM, hired as GM of the Raiders. They're doing a press conference right now. Like they had never like met or talked prior to like, like, like 24 hours ago, basically. I kind of think this is going to go up in flames for the Raiders here. And I'm already like salivating at a potential win total under next year for Vegas. Am I, am I over? Overreacting a little bit, do you kind of look at that Pierce Telesco pairing with kind of the same skepticism that I do in about thirty seconds? So we have time for both games this weekend, please. Well, I look at the skepticism because with its skepticism because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, until you fix that position, you're going to have always going to have doubt about whoever the coach is. Uh, you know, coaches are great. Leading the locker room is wonderful. Having a guy who can play quarterback is the most important thing. And so, until they fix that, there's always going to be doubts. You mentioned Telesco and Pierce. Uh, I don't think there's a giant ego when it comes to Tom Telesco, so I don't think he's going to be a problem. He'll do the the work, and and Pierce will coach the team. I don't think that's going to be a problem because in a lot of situations, Nick, like you mentioned real quick, you get the egos involved. You you don't play my guys I drafted for you. You didn't give me the right guys that I needed you to draft, and all of a sudden they start fighting. I don't think those two guys are going to be that way. Pete, let's do do both games coming up on Sunday, and I I mentioned this with Coach Wonstead last segment just – you know, especially if you don't bet or, you know, you don't have like super aware of betting markets. And I was just like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is like more than a field goal underdog and, and, and the line continues to move against him. And we know some of that's obviously injury information with Baltimore and potentially the offensive line depleted for Kansas city, but still an interesting betting market Ravens three and a half, but really mostly four now. And the total 44 and a half in the AFC championship game, the first game on championship Sunday, you have a strong betting opinion on this game. I like the chiefs. Uh, Look, I know the Ravens have really been good all year against good teams, and the Chiefs are essentially playing back-to-back road games, which I hate in the NFL. But I think we saw a little something from the Chiefs the other day with the way they ran the football. They did different things. They were creative. Uh, you know, they, And that took the pressure off the tackles who had struggled all year, and I think that's big against the Ravens' defense. You have to be able to protect. I think running the ball with Pacheco – uh, will we'll help you get that going. And I know the Ravens have been good on defense, but I think you can get that going and then hit those shots down the field. 
you know, hopefully the guys catch him. That's always a concern when you, when you look at the Chiefs. And I think on the other side of the ball, I think the Chiefs' defense, Steve Spagnuolo is outstanding at what he does. I think he's going to come up with a plan to kind of keep Lamar in check a little bit. Uh, and I think the Chiefs win the game. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I have a lean to the Chiefs with the points for sure. And just on Pacheco, didn't practice today on Wednesday with that toe injury, but Pacheco addressed the media and said, like, he's definitely playing on Sunday, and Andy Reid said the injury's getting better. So probably just, like, early week being cautious with the Chiefs running back, Isaiah Pacheco. All right, Pete, uh, NFC Championship game. Niners and the Lions in San Francisco. Niners about a touchdown favorite at home. Total in the game, 51. Uh, I... I think the Lions are live in this game, Pete, to maybe like steal a victory and advance to the Super Bowl. What say you? What type of game are we going to see? High scoring, low scoring, who wins by how many points? NFC Championship game. Break it down for us, please. Nick, I called for the Packers to win last week. I thought they'd go in there and do exactly what they did, which was throw the ball around. If you block them, you beat them. You play the 49ers, and you can block them. You could throw down the field and have success against them. And we saw the Packers do that. Their offensive line was outstanding. And it had been leading into that game for the last five weeks of the season. The Lions offensive line playing at a high level. Uh, I think if you block them, you can have success throwing it. And and I told you this last week. My initial lean was the 49ers. The more I went back and watched that game last week and watched some tape, I think the, the Lions can have success throwing the ball down the field. I don't think the Lions are going to stop them either. I think it's going to be high scoring game, a lot of points. I think the 49ers win it but it comes within the number. I think the Lions are a live dog. I think that's going to be a field goal game. It's going to be fun to watch. Up and down the field they go. Pete, about 30 seconds to go. What's your best guy? I mean, kind of like sounds like kind of like the, the Chiefs in the first game and maybe San Francisco squeaks by in the second game. That obviously be a Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl. Is that is that how you have it? Who's your, who's your most likely Super Bowl winner right now in 30 seconds? Chiefs-Niners. And I picked the Niners before the season um, to win it all. Uh, but I, I still think Kansas City is, is is a dangerous team in large part because we haven't seen them with this type of defense. They haven't had this type of defense ever in, in his era, in his time there. Now he, ha- he has that defense, and he can still do a lot of things and can still create when he needs to get away from the pass rush. So I, I think Kansas City wins this week. It wouldn't shock me to see Kansas City win the Super Bowl. Well, I don't think it would shock anyone at this point to see. People might be rooting against it, but I kind of kind of do think that's going to be the case. Pete, we have like 15 seconds left here. Is there anything that we have not yet discussed in the coaching GM carousel that you feel confident is going to happen at any point in between now and, you know, the meteor hitting and all of us dying? No, I don't. I, Nick, I think everything's out there now. I, I think Washington's going to end up hiring Ben Johnson. I really do. I think that that's one. I think they will hire him. I think, you know, once their season's done, I think they'll announce that. I think it makes all the sense in the world to try and build it around him. But uh, for, for everybody else, I think Harbaugh to the Chargers. I think that, you know, Canales is in Brable are both in play in Carolina. I think Canales would be a great hire for a young quarterback like Bryce Young. Uh, but the rest of that stuff – and here's the other thing. I want to say this about coaches. We have no damn idea if anybody's any good, okay? I don't care if you lead an offense and you're a great coordinator or a great defensive coordinator. If you can't stand up in the room and lead men, you're not going to win. Dan Campbell is exhibit A. Whatever a great coordinator anywhere, but he can coach the heck out of that Detroit Lions team. You coach your coaches, you let them coach, and you are the guy that runs everything through you. The great Pete Prisco. At Prisco CBS. All of CBS's verticals talking National Football League. My friend, enjoy Championship Sunday. Stay well. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Take care, guys.
the great Pete Prisco. That was awesome. And I got kind of want to like run through a wall, though, after the ends there. Uh, Jeremy Roenick coming up next, talking NHL. How good is today's show? Ellen Holloway escapes at the center. Cloud trying to slither it through Boquist. Want a battle. Threw it across. Kulak dishes. What's our save? Rebound. Holloway scores. 4-1 Edmonton. The Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, Sportsnet, courtesy of the call there, is one of Edmonton's recent wins. You know, because they've won 14 in a row. Uh, three shy of the all-time NHL record set by the 92-93 Penguins, who did not, in fact, win the Stanley Cup. Lost two, and like I, I remember this because I was in grade school and I had a couple friends who were Islander fans who lost their minds when the Islanders won that series in seven in overtime. David Volick scoring the, uh, the winning goal in Game 7 against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is neither here nor there. But Edmonton's been absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, terrible starts of the season. Uh, the second choice right now to win the Stanley Cup behind the Colorado Avalanche. NHL legend Jeremy Roenick will join us on the show in just a second to talk the Edmonton Oilers and everything else going on right now in the National Hockey League. But I want to remind our live audience, our friend Ryan Noonan stops by in 20 minutes from 4 for 4 in Betsperts, talking Championship Sunday in the NFL. Also next hour on the show, Ken and I will roll through the updated side and total markets for the AFC and NFC Championship games with the updated injury, uh, injury information and also uh, everything that's happened in the NFL coaching carousel. We got a lot to get to over the course of the show. A lot going on. Can't wait for it. All our bets coming up two hours from now for tonight's action, including in the NHL. But joining us, and it's been too long since we've had this guest on the show. So very, very happy to welcome him back. And it's our good friend, Jeremy Roenick, co-host of the Snipes and Stripes NHL podcast, which we encourage people to check out because it's absolutely, absolutely awesome. NHL legend on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Roenick. Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Uh, how the hell have you been, man? It's great to hear your voice. to tell you there are there are a few things there are there are a few there are a few things funnier than it's great to hear your voice followed by and then nothing i actually actually think that was way better than even having him on the show there (laughs) i actually think that was like that was like an a plus if that's the bit yeah that was good if that's the bit then it's a really good bit all right so we'll effort to get jeremy roenick's phone or whatever his connection stabilized here uh so jeremy i think is with us now jeremy it's nick and ken how's it going i'm good can you hear me now i don't know we got you yeah we got you jeremy all good we got you good Appreciate you coming um, on. Thank you very much. We, just, we, um, we were talking about Edmonton right when we were bringing you in there. Obviously, like one of the stories of the league right now, three shy of the all-time winning streak record, won 14 games in a row. And I think it kind of like leads us to just wonder, all right, like when we get to the postseason, does that mean things are going to be different, right? Like kind of an early exit versus what they wanted last year. Obviously, kind of the offensive course, new coach. Maybe that's a big deal for you. Like Edmonton, a, a big-time Stanley Cup contender now? Well, I thought they were going into the season, and then they had that terrific start. So, um, and it's pretty much the same team, and it's it's all an attitude thing, right? It's all about getting the attitude in in place, getting the mentality in place, having the right coach in place, and you know, this team doesn't surprise me that they're playing this well. And it, 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 it I always laugh too because we're still in January, and even though they're on a run like this, I mean, we saw the Boston Bruins last year run through. Uh, through team after team after team and losing the first round. You know, what happens right now doesn't doesn't win you championships, but you can learn a lot from about your success. And I think 
you know, Edmonton's learning what it takes to win night in and night out, but um, they, they sure look good. And obviously Connor is, at, you know, playing at his best again. Uh, Jai Saddle's been great, but I think the way Hyman's played, I think the way, um, you know, Vander Kane has played, they've had some really good support system and the defense is playing more gritty. So it's nice to watch. And now that they got Perry in there, which I'm very happy that Edmonton did, I'm happy for Edmonton. I'm happy for Corey Perry. I think he only in- increases this team on um, on many le- different levels. And and great for Edmonton also. Stuart Skinner is like looking like legitimate possible Stanley Cup winning goaltender, passing the great Grant Fuhr for most consecutive wins for a starting goaltender for Edmonton. Fuhr obviously winning, what, four Stanley Cups with the Oilers uh, back in the 80s. Uh, JR, we'll hit a bunch of other topics right now in the National Hockey League in a second. Just curious, though. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show. Uh, how has your hockey season been? I know like 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 you like gave out bets when you were on the show. You even texted our producer a couple a couple bets that you liked a couple days after you came on the show. How's the hockey season been for you? Has it gone the way you thought it was going to go? How has the betting been for you? How has the hockey season been thus far for our guy, Jeremy Roenick? It's been a little bit since we, since, uh, we had John last. Yeah, it's actually been pretty consistent. And and, my, and when, I say, when I say consistent, it's uh, I go, you know, two or three days winning money, and then I'll have something happen, which is stupid, like which happened last night. I had a, I had a three-game three parlay last night, Edmonton, Calgary, and uh, Minnesota. And Calgary absolutely just screwed me at the end of the game, getting giving up two goals in the third period and screwed up a three-team parlay, which, you know, which is a $1,100 swing, which – could have been great but you just those are the things that frustrate me and things that shouldn't happen that happen and you know you don't watch it when when you're playing you don't understand that mentality but when you're a betting man and you're in the betting world uh those games frustrate you probably even more than it frustrates the guys in the locker room to tell you the truth yeah it's, it's it doesn't just frustrate you when that kind of stuff happens jeremy we're we're right we're right there with you when this stuff doesn't go doesn't go our way you you said something uh, as part of your answer on edmonton basically kind of the point is like look it's only january like we're not going to learn everything we need to know about these teams to know who's going to win the Stanley Cup and and things can change a lot and it's just not the same. Like, is, are there things we should be looking for? Like, is there anything about what's happening right now? Like, you see a team play on a certain night, maybe see like Vancouver or Boston or Florida, and you just go like, oh, like okay, like that's a style that like that makes me think maybe they're a little more likely to win or I like them a little more. Is there anything like we could be looking for now, or is it literally just like let's get to April and we'll kind of see what happens? Well, I think it, it, number one, it's the, it's the spread out scoring and each line doing what they're supposed to do and what they're built to do, right? So first line, second line, obviously are scoring lines. Third line, more of a checking line. Fourth line being a line that can, you know, give the other lines a break, get a little bit of offensive, um, offensive time uh, and not get scored on. Uh, defensively, whether, you know, the, the offense are coming back to help the defense. There's a lot of little things to watch, but I think especially in last night's game, you would think that Edmonton was just going to roll right through Columbus, right? They were just going to be out, be out there. They were going to score a couple in the first, and it was going to be off to the races. But it was close. It was 1-1 for most of the hockey game. And, you know, that's a game that in for a lot of teams that are on a, a streak like Edmonton, they could panic. And it's kind of a trap game. And when you can win those games, uh, th- those close games like one-one, and 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 just find a way to to take off, but you you learn you learn how to play in close games. And even though they should have won by uh, a lot more early, uh, they they put it together in the third period and just rolled away with it. And that's 
you know, those are good. Those are good things to kind of lean on come playoff time because you know it's going to be close games come playoff time. They're going to have to learn to play in those games. You better you better here with Nick and Ken. It is a Wednesday, and we are very happy to be talking the National Hockey League right now with our friend Jeremy Roenick, NHL legend, co-host of the Snipes and Stripes podcast, talking the National Hockey League. If you like the NHL, do yourself a favor and check it out. Snipes and Stripes, co-hosted by our guy Jr. on Twitter at Jeremy underscore. Roenick. Jeremy, we'll get the bets for tonight coming up in a little bit, and I can't wait to hear what you've got for tonight's card in the National Hockey League. But curious, uh, a guy that you've got history with from your playing career, Patrick Waugh, like legendary goaltender, and like a pretty like surprise, I was pretty surprised when I saw this at least, Lou Lamorello making the move to fire Lane Lambert as coach of the New York Islanders, and now here's Patrick Waugh coaching the Islanders. Uh, Lose last night to Vegas, Aiden Hill comes back, stands on his head, whatever. Um, Any reason to believe that Patrick Waugh can lead the Islanders to do anything special this season, or you think this is going to be a team that just like fades, doesn't even make the playoffs, or fades early? Well, I think it's going to be really interesting because I think Patrick Waugh is, is more of a coach of, of, of yesteryear in terms of his, his toughness. I think what he ex- expects from the players, I think his message is going to be very tough. I mean, just look at some of the videos that we've seen uh, of the first practice. I mean, he is intense. He is yelling. He is screaming. He is ex- expecting a certain brand of hockey from his team. And in this day and age, that, that harsh kind of message doesn't go over too well but what and what the um, islanders do have is they do have a lot of veteran players they have a lot of guys that understand a little bit more of the you know the the firm thumb uh the firm finger on, on the on the pulse and making sure that um that they play better defensively because i think that's where they've been the problem and what usually is their strength is defensive uh seems to be a problem and until they learn to play a little bit better, a little tighter. And maybe that's why they brought in a goaltender in Patrick Waugh to make sure that they take care of the of their own zone more so. They're giving up almost three goals a game. That's really hard to, if not more than three goals a game, that's hard to win uh, when you're not putting as many po- points on the board as you need to. So, um, But there's no question that Patrick Waugh is going to push a lot, of, a lot of buddies, a lot of teams' buttons on that team, a lot of people's buttons, and whether – they can handle that and understand his message is going to be really interesting because he is fiery. Yeah, the Islanders play uh, at Montreal tomorrow. Betting market actually just opened for that game I saw on the screen. Jeremy, you have uh, seven games tonight. We've got about 90 seconds to go. I've, I've started thinking, I think I'm going to fade Winnipeg going forward here. I had Boston the other night. I'm not sure Winnipeg's like as good as their good prolonged run of success was. Do you have anything you really like tonight on a seven-game slate? We've got about 90 seconds left. Well, I think there's uh, there's some interesting games tonight. I if, if I'm going to go on a, on a limb and go go with go with some points um, to get the best payoff, I don't I don't know what you guys think of of Arizona and Florida, but Arizona is playing some awesome hockey and has really found a way to to win games on the road. They play better on the road. They are. Um, they are a strong team to play against and a hard team to play against. Um, might not be a bad play. I mean, right now it has Florida minus 250. Arizona could could go in there and, and um, Florida kind of, you know, could take a sleeper on that one. I think Vancouver, St. Louis won a big one against Calgary last night going into Vancouver. I like Vancouver tonight over St. Louis. And a no-brainer. I think the Buffalo Sabres are the, right now the joke of the National Hockey League. I think L.A. coming off that loss, I think L.A. just takes care of Buffalo tonight. Those are the three games I'll be looking at. 
All right, so the L.A. Kings, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Arizona Coyotes. For people interested, if you wanted to place a three-team money line parlay on those three tonight, at our show sponsor, BetMGM, a cool plus 530 would be heading your way. Uh, JR, I'll, I'll be placing that, so absolutely love it. We love having you on the show, like not just for the NHL you know, analysis, not just because NHL legend you are, but also because like you bet and you're into this stuff, and you are hashtag one of us. So we sincerely appreciate the time. We want our audience to check out your show, JR, Snipes and Stripes. Thank you so much for the time. Good luck with the bets, and we look forward to doing this again soon. Absolutely. You guys are awesome. Keep it going. We will. We have, we have no choice. Yeah. We have no That's choice. Uh, on the other side, our number three begins. Championship Sunday bets with our friend, Ryan Noonan.